Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Monday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Oh, I love it. Happy Friday and welcome to another edition of the Pelicans podcast, the official New Orleans Pelicans podcast. And as always, TGIF, especially the night or the day after a win the night before, if that makes any sense. I'm just I'm just so excited. Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. I'm just rambling on because I loved the way this team responded in a win to Cleveland. I can't wait to get your takes on that. We also have an awesome special guest today, Mr. Will Guillory, the athletic, a fellow <clears throat> Brother Martin graduate, and more importantly, just an all-around great guy. So we get to hear how he came to be the Pels and Heat beat writer, yes. essentially. <laughs> yes. That should be fun as well. Plus, of course, you will preview two games because the next time we'll be recording will be on a Wednesday after Christmas as uh, the Pels will have a game on Tuesday against <clears throat> Memphis and on Saturday against the Rockets. So we'll get into all of that and more. First, man, how about that win against the Cavaliers in Cleveland last night following that gut-wrenching loss to Memphis, Jim? What stood out to you? Yeah, and by the way, Gus, I can tell you, man, you're, you're shot out of a cannon this yeah, morning, man. I think ready, it's... Yeah. Is it partly because it's Festivus Eve today? Tomorrow's Festivus. I can tell you're excited. Festivus for the best of us. <laughs> yes. That works. But getting back to the Cleveland game, um, my biggest takeaway, I think, was just how nice it was to have a comfortable road win where you didn't have to sweat it out. You didn't have to worry about, uh-oh, they're on a 12-2 run and the lead has been cut down significantly. Um, I, I don't know how Graf felt, but I felt very comfortable. I didn't even feel like I had to completely lock in on every mm. single possession because uh, they were you, up. You want to know? You want to know what how Graf felt? Sure. Here you go. Give a listen. Shot clock at three. Got to do something. Hook it up top. Jordan Hawkins for three. In rhythm and splashed. What a beautiful sight that is to see Jordan Hawkins knocking a three down. His 58th made three. That leads the Pelicans. Now Murphy. Crosses over Allen, get it to B.I., drives into the lane. Up top, Murphy, straightaway three from the heavens and rinsed. Pick and pop three. Murphy now in double figures with 11. So Robinson Earl, his second board. Front court, Trey, deep left wing three. Oh, yes! He shot that one from Akron. Way back there beyond the arc. And timeout, J.B. Bickerstaff, 8-0 run for the Pels. Rebound JRE to her, back to Murphy, left wing three, rattles in, and what a shovel pass from Herb Jones to Murphy trailing the play. Murphy's got four threes and six attempts and 19 first half points. 13-0 run for the Pels, who lead at 64-49. Ingram drives all the way in, got another layup block, long rebound taken by Herb to Trey. Left angle three, got it. Thank you, Trey. But we got another layup blocked. Into Robinson Earl, back to Hawk, step back left wing three. Yep, get it, Rook. 
Hawkins two of three from distance, six points. Pell's now 15 made threes. Ties Cleveland in that department. Now McCollum looks at the clock and says five. Drives with a left hand, dotted line, right hand floater is good. Second chance points as you kept it alive. The Pell's on a 14-0 run here to end the third quarter. Shot. So Najee will inbound, baseline left. Oh, J.R.E. Dunk it down and a dagger. So there you go. You see that guy? He does. He does sound a lot more relaxed. And he, it also does help in Trey Murphy shooting it, as he mm. said, from Akron. You know? Yes. Yeah, I mean, one of my other big takeaways from the game was just the level of offense that the Pelicans are playing right now. Obviously, Zion Williamson didn't play last night because of illness. He's one of your top two scorers. Um, but they still are able to put up 123 points. And the level that they've been playing at, I mean, in every game, but also on the road, is pretty astounding. Um, one thing I noticed when I was looking through some of the stats, too, since December 1st, which this is not a coincidence, that was also the, the day that Trey Murphy played his first game. Mm -hmm. Since then, the Pelicans are ninth in the NBA in three-point percentage. So, you know, obviously throughout the offseason, we said, you know, is three-point shooting going to be a, a weakness or something that you're going to be concerned about? And he comes back and plays, and, and it's immediately become not just something that's not a problem, but also that's been a strength lately. Mm -hmm. So um, Trey was fantastic last night. It was great to see him play the way he did in his first start. But um, across the NBA, we're seeing offense kind of go through the roof. But it's been fun for the Pelicans to, to be one of those teams that fits that category. They were almost a 50-40-90 game against Cleveland last night, so yeah. just, a, just a really good performance. I, I want to add one little thing, too, because, look, I mean, the Saints game was going on. That didn't go exactly the way Saints fans mm -hmm. would have liked, but still that was going on, and you're, you're watching a game, and I understand maybe you, you box scored, right? I look at it and be like, oh, Pels won 123-104. Oh, look, Trey Murphy at 28. That's good. Something that I do think needs to be brought up, too, as well, is what we refer to as depth. Right. You mentioned Zion didn't play. I, I know they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. I, that's a big difference. That guy's a difference no maker for the last several years, Jim. I know you've sat here and you've done these podcasts. You've written on Pelicans.com. But somebody didn't play like Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson. You probably went into that game going, this is going, this is going to be a tough game. Who, mm -hmm. who, where are the points going to come? You know, where is the, the percentage going in? Who's going to. What two or three players is going to make up the 24 that Brandon Ingram averages? I, I, that, that's how we would cover the game. I, I've asked you that on my talk show, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, B.I.'s not playing. That's right. It's 24 points a game. Zion's not playing. That's 23 points a game. Where, where is that coming from? Not only does Zion not play, but Jen Hale asked it at the end of the broadcast. I know the guys mentioned it on TV, and I know Graft did as well on the radio broadcast. Jonas Valanciunas, Herb Jones, they're the latest Pelicans that that caught the sickness in the bug. Zion has that as well. Per Todd, the whole NBA right now is sick. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just a head. That's why Mitchell was out. As yeah, well. exactly. Yep. And look, mm -hmm. Todd, Todd has the, the a stuffed up nose too. I mean, it's just it's a cold, but you're cold. So Jonas, who's been dominant this December, he wasn't wasn't terrible. 13 points, but went out there and played. Mm -hmm. Still had seven rebounds, five assists, but he was under the weather. Herb right. Jones is your best defender, one of your top guys. Seven points, four assists, a block, 30 minutes. Jonas, 28. These guys played sick. And while their production wasn't terrible, it wasn't great, but they were there. It just goes to show you that even on nights where your guys are sick, nights where a guy doesn't play, that was a comfortable win last night. I, I, I'm starting to think this team's pretty pretty darn yeah, this, good. I, I, yeah, this team is talented. And I want to mention two names. One guy who we've talked a lot about on the podcast this season and another we haven't. Um, Najee Marshall, again, had a really good game, had 14 points, um, had six rebounds, three assists, a steal, plus 16 in the plus minus. Yeah. And then another guy, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I thought he played about really well last did. night. Yeah. He had 11 points, five rebounds, um, only played 20 minutes, but was able to produce, produce that way. So you're just seeing this pretty consistently now where guys are getting, when they do get an opportunity to play, they're coming through with positive contributions. Um, Jordan Hawkins got a little bit of a chance to play as well. Had, uh, knocked down two threes. Yeah, knocked down two and only played 12 minutes. So, um, yeah, the to your point, I think 
if you're if you're without one or two guys, you still have plenty of offense to go around, and you're still able to easily get over a hundred points, 110, 115. Um, so that that's been impressive. And, it, and we I know we we talked about in a recent episode is this season's team better than last year? Yeah. And I feel like they're they're showing this now in the situations where they're a little bit shorthanded that they're still able to get these wins, especially on the road. That's a 16 win team. Yeah. Your 16 win team. Mm-hmm. And I think when you had those shortcomings in the past, when you played a team that didn't meet, they did have its superstar, it was still a battle. And if you played a team that had its superstar, it was still a battle. And so, again, it's something we'll keep an eye on. It's something we point out, but we've been comparing it here on the podcast last year, this year. What are some of the differences? You had two of your starters that were playing sick, you had another starter that didn't even play. And you went to Cleveland, and it absolutely came across and played out as a business trip. You responded. You didn't let that one loss turn into two. And now we move forward to a very big homestand, which we're going to get into in a quick second. But let's bring in our guest, Mr. Will Guillory of The Athletic. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Jim Eikenhofer, this is obviously one of my favorite guests, and that has nothing to do that he went to Brother Martin. He's really good at his job. He's really good looking. He's got great shoes. You know, actually, it has to do with all of that. It's the Will Guillory of The Athletic, who not only covers your New Orleans Pelicans, but the NBA as well. We'll touch on how he came about all of those uh, wonderful jobs and also maybe the shoe collection, too, as well. We'll talk about that win last night, a very big homestand. First off, man, good morning to you, man. Thanks for your time today. No, I appreciate y'all for having me on, man. It's always fun when I get to chop it up with you guys. And hey, usually ma'am. I have to do it separately. So now I get a little bit of Gus, a little bit of Jim on one show. I mean, come on. Now you can't do better than this. Exactly. I like that. That was one of the greatest intros, I think, of any guest we've ever had on this show over the years. So right. very impressive. Um, do I get any credit for being a Waterloo, New York high graduate on this show? I I guess not. As long as it's not Jesuit, right? You guys are both right, looking well, at me with blank <laughs> stare. Yeah, yeah, so I guess not. Long as your long as your mascot isn't the Blue Jays, you're good with me. Yeah. No, you don't have like a Blue Jay patch. No, it, <laughs> it it actually it actually was the Indians, and they've changed it to something else. Okay. I f- don't even remember what it is. So. There you go. But yeah, anyways, probably for the better. Probably yeah. better. Um, Gus mentioned you uh, in your dual roles now that you for the Athletic. You obviously primarily cover the Pelicans, but you also have some side gigs with covering Miami heat. And I have to say too, uh, on, on the same theme of complimenting Mr. Guillory, you're one of the only people that I don't mind getting heat updates from. So I can, I can say that as well, that uh, it's okay that I get my uh, Miami heat news from you. Um, I was wondering though, I mean, I, I think for a lot of writers, if you told them like, okay, you can cover two NBA teams and the cities that you can cover, you're going to cover them in, is New Orleans and Miami. I mean, how uh, how sweet is that gig from uh, from uh, the, the standpoint of, you know, just the locations that you get to be a part of? Listen, Jim, life gets, it gets difficult in this business. You know, I tell the young kids, you got to really work hard. You got to slum it out in, in New Orleans and South Beach. 
you know, I'm out here just kicking my my feet up on the sand on one weekend, another weekend. You know, I'm downtown Frenchman or something like that, writing the story. So yeah, yeah, you never know how difficult this this life can be on the right side. But now, nah, man, I'm it's crazy just because you know it really just kind of came out of nowhere. Like even towards the end of last season, I, I, the Miami Heat were nowhere near on my radar. I, mm. I just let you guys behind the scenes. You know, me and my editor at the end of last season. You know, once the Pels didn't make the playoffs, they were kind of looking at me like, hey, okay, you got a, a whole summer ahead of you. Like, what's up? You want to get involved with playoff coverage? You're going to – and I was kind of like, ah, you know, I'd rather, you know, get a little vacation time in maybe. I'm not sure if I'm going to jump on playoff coverage. And, you know, the conversation we basically had was, hey, you jump on the heat beat for the first round, they're probably going to get destroyed by the Bucks, and then you can go on about your life mm -hmm. uh, for the rest of the summer. So I was like, fine, you know, I'll get a, a weekend in Miami, go watch them lose game three and four against Giannis, and I'll go on about my business. Uh, but as it turns out, not only did they win game three, they won game four as well against the uh, Giannis and the Bucks, And they go on to the, the NBA Finals. I got my first opportunity to cover the NBA Finals, which was incredible. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's been a blessing, and it's been really fun just to – See a different dynamic there in Miami and, and learn from Eric Spoelstra, who uh, I joke with everybody. Every time I sit at a Eric Spoelstra press conference, I say, wow, this guy is way smarter than me. Uh, mm. So I think it's, it's always a good thing to be in a room where people are smarter than you. That's why I hang with Jim so much. You know, interesting. <laughs> I, I, when I had Will on on my show during your playoff run, that was literally one of the things I said. It's so funny how life throws certain things at you that you don't expect, right? You're thinking, hey, man, I'm done. It's been a long season, and it was a long season covering the Pels. But I feel like we, you came on our show and we talked about it, getting a chance to see a team make a run to the finals, getting a chance to see a team that, you know, has to – win those games like that, those elimination games, seeing a player like what Jimmy Butler did in person, to your point, learning from a coach like that with Spolstra, seeing what they do, the heat, the lights, all of that, that has to help in your coverage on, on how you look at the Pels and explain it to listeners and to viewers as to the steps. I mean, you've seen it. You, you've seen what it takes to get to that game and what a player like that has to do, what coaches have to do, what those practices are like. All of that to actually see it in person is completely different than watching it on TV, Will. Oh, yeah, no question. And, you know, everybody knows I love covering the Pels. I love being in New Orleans. But, you know, ultimately my goal is, is you know, everybody else in this business is to try to take that step up to expand, to grow, you know, to, to become more national. So I think that was good for me to kind of just grow my brand and be able to do different things and show I can do stuff in a different market other than New Orleans. But you're exactly right. Just being around different people, the different team, uh, just kind of helped me uh, and figure out different ways to cover, you know, a, a basketball team and different ways to find stories. And I, I've become, you know, so comfortable working with people around the Pels that I think it was a, a new challenge to kind of have to learn some new names, learn some new faces, figure out different conversations they can have because that's such a huge part of the business, not just sitting in front of your laptop and typing, but talking to people, mm -hmm. finding out stories, finding out, you know, what makes people tick and how do you, you know, crack that code and get through to people. So, yeah, I think it was a, an amazing experience. It's been an amazing experience uh, just being around a different team and just seeing, you know, what's allowed Miami to be so successful over the years because I think the Heat, more than anybody else, in the NBA, they kind of have this idea of who they are, and they've been that way for decades with Spo, with Pat Riley, with all of those guys down there. And I think seeing uh, what they've done to build that uh, kind of gives me a different perspective when I come back to the Pelicans. I say, okay, uh, maybe these are some of the reasons why you guys haven't been so successful because you aren't land some of the foundation that we've seen uh, with Miami and, and vice versa. You know, so I think it's just a good opportunity just to kind of expand my horizons and just and just have a different perspective on what's going on around the league i promise we're going to get to the pelicans and how well they've been playing lately but i had one more question related to the heat and that is how many times have you used the phrase heat culture in some of the articles <laughs> that you've written listen man it, it is a very real thing i had a big heat culture story last year uh, during the NBA Finals that I was really proud of. And, yeah, I mean, everybody makes fun of it around the, the nation, and a lot of times I laugh at it as well. But, man, when you're down there in Miami, it is a very real thing. 
They live it. They breathe it. Every single day, uh, Udonis Haslam, his influence in that organization and Heat culture, it is very real. And we may joke about it, you know, around here, but when you get down there in Miami and you walk around that building, man, you feel it and you know it is very real and they take it very seriously down there. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not joking about uh, heat culture whenever I'm around you, Donis Haslam, because I don't want them problems. And so so uh, <laughs> I endorse all things heat culture. You know, I should clarify too. I have immense respect for everything they've done and immense respect for heat culture, whatever you want to call it. What I, what I think is funny is them saying, calling them, using it, the term themselves to describe themselves, including the, <laughs> the description and the, all the words in the paint. I mean, and I, I'm not, I know I'm not alone. I feel like a lot of people across the NBA are like, okay, this is where this whole thing kind of jumped the shark when you're starting to tell other people about how great you are. So that that's my only, yeah. my only, I don't know if I want to say issue, but I feel like when the Pelicans play in Miami, um, I think it's in January. If that court is laid down, I want to issue a challenge to Pelicans fans to only tweet during the game using descriptive words from the paint. Like if you, if you say like, Oh, that was a great play by the, by Herb Jones. You have to say that was a great play by the hard, hardworking Herb Jones. You have to say like the most well-conditioned Jonas Valanciunas made that hook shot. So we'll have some fun with that. But anyways, See, I, um, I like where you're going, Jim, but, but I do, I, I definitely do think there's a point where you start corporatizing with, what culture is, right? And that kind of takes away from what culture actually is because it's supposed to be grassroots, right? It's supposed to be right. a part of the people. It's supposed to be unspoken. Organic. And then when you start when you start speaking it, then it's not as unspoken. So, yeah, I think we got to find a happy medium there somewhere. For sure. Well, I wanted to kind of segue over to the Pelicans, obviously. Um, one of the things that I noticed earlier this week, um, I I love the athletic power rankings, by the way, even though – I don't think Will has any role in this, which is shocking to me that it's so well done and he's not a contributor to it in any, any way, but Zach Harper does a really good job with the athletic power rankings. And by the way, he, I love him on podcast too, because he's hilarious and he has a sarcasm, a biting sarcasm that really um, improves the the shows that he's on. But he, uh, in the power rankings that he put out earlier this week, he actually had the Pelicans fifth in the West he, I guess I'll quickly read the order. He had it, um, T-Wolves, Nuggets, Thunder, Clippers, Pelicans. Uh, that was the top five. I mean, based on what you've seen recently, I mean, how – I know, like I said, I know you didn't – you weren't part of the, the rankings, but um, how do you see just the way that they've played in terms of being able to say, okay, right now they're a top five team in the West? No, I mean, it's a conversation we've had a bunch of times with this team. I know I've said it so many times with Gus on his radio show, when this team is healthy, when you see all the talent they can put on the floor, it's really impressive. Just the, yeah. the diversity, just the, the how many lineups they can throw out there, how much young talent is on this team throughout the years. We Over and over again, we've said the issue is that they've been so injured. They can't put all the pieces out there. We can't really see what this thing is about. But, you know, for the first time in a long time, these past few weeks, We've been able to see what all of these guys look like together, what Zion, Brandon Ingram, and C.J. McCollum can do together when you have Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, and Jose Alvarado and that young core of, of role players backing them up and how they can influence games. Uh, you've seen Jordan Hawkins emerge this season. You've seen Dyson Daniels make a jump in year two. So there's so much young talent on this team. And I think the, the the other step they've made this year is uh, embracing the offensive side in a different way, playing more of that James Borrego style of basketball. We've seen them, you know, raining threes on a few teams and, uh, on some nights. So, yeah, this team, when they're healthy, they're extremely dangerous. Uh, the, the scary thing is that they still have so much room to grow. Uh, but, yeah, when they can put all the pieces on the floor, I think this team is easily somewhere in the neighborhood of a 50-win team. I do think they're uh, at the very least a top-six team in the West where they can dodge the play-in. Uh, but it's all about just keeping those guys on the floor, building that chemistry, and kind of, you know, just just alleviating some of the issues that I wrote about recently with, you know, blowing leads in the second half, mm -hmm. uh, understanding how to close games out. I think some of that is a, a young team learning what it takes to be a top, top-five team in the West. Uh, so that stuff will come with time, but ultimately uh, the, the, the biggest bright spot for this team is that they have been able to get healthy 
and stay healthy and build upon, you know, the chemistry with these young guys. Cause we know the talent is there. It's just about them kind of putting it on the floor. It's a reason the championship teams are championship teams and travel so well and fill out opposing arenas on the road. Right. Will because they bring the show on the road. They just don't win at home. And I think that's the thing to the point that is that next step that this team has to show it. Every game, no matter who it was, I think we saw that with Cleveland, you know, and and I think it was a really good response on that, which we can get into in a quick second. But as you were mentioning all the weapons, you know, I'm looking at the stats here. There are seven Pelicans players averaging double figures. I mean, it's exactly kind of what we were hoping this offense was going to be with the addition of James Brago tweaking it a bit. And I mean, look, you, you have corner Naj as the graph likes to call him. He's averaging 8.6. You know, he keeps hitting those corner threes, Matt Ryan, who's going to come back at some point from an injury was averaging 9.3. You almost have close to 10 players averaging double figures. And I, and that, that just goes to help because you were, we were just referencing the heat in the playoff run well, when it comes to postseason play, it's about matchups and how teams are going to match up. Who are we taking away? Game one to game two to game three. I'm not saying that this is what the Pels team can do in the postseason because we haven't seen it. But if you have five to seven to eight players that on a, any given night can get you double-digit points, can get you 20 points, man, that that's going to drive some teams nuts over a series. It should, right? No question. I, I think you hit the nail on the head speaking about the, the importance of being able to match up with different teams in the West. And another guy we didn't even mention who's coming back soon is Larry Nance. He's a big matchup guy who you can switch up the way you, you defend on certain nights, uh, switch up what your lineups look like. Uh, he's going to play a big part in that once he's finally healthy and back rolling. So, yeah, I think that's a, a big advantage that the Pelicans have is that they can kind of play any style of basketball you want to play. You want to you know, play big and score in the paint. They got Zion and JV. You want to shoot threes. They got Trey Murphy and Jordan Hawkins. Uh, they could do a little bit of everything. You got a guards that can score on the other end where they got Dyson Daniels and Herb Jones defending on the perimeter. Uh, so they can they can match up against so many different teams. And I think, obviously, the two uh, big points that this team is going to be tested is, one, how do their star players, you know, kind of show up in big moments, whether it's Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, We've talked all year, not just about them two individually, but how they work together in these big games and bring the best out of each other. And something I wrote recently is Willie Green. I think, you know, I'm a big fan of Willie Green and what he's done to set the culture here in New Orleans to bring the most out of his young players. Uh, But I think it's going to be a big test for him as this thing continues to grow and as the Pelicans have more pressure to produce in big games. How does he kind of grow with this team? How does he expand the way he views the game and kind of uses all of these tools? Because there's one thing to have 10, 11, 12 guys that you trust, but you got to use them in the right way, right? You got to put those guys in a position to succeed. And I think he has some really interesting comments at uh, practice the other day about how he evaluates himself and the growth he's made as a coach. Because uh, I think that's going to be really important, just his ability to match wits of some of these other teams who have a ton of experience in the West, who have been there and done that, and this team hasn't. And usually a lot of times it'll be a young team with a vet coach who's bringing them along, but this is a young team with a young coach, young stars, young role players. Uh, So I think it's going to be a big test for everybody involved uh, to grow up really fast once they get to the playoffs and be able uh, to, to, to go up against teams like Denver, the Lakers, uh, the, the Timberwolves, all of these teams that have been through playoff wars and understand what it takes. Trey Murphy, 28 points last night in his first start. I was just wondering from your perspective, based on what you've seen him play or do over the last few weeks since he returned from his injury, um, what have you seen as far as, you know, I think we all agree that his potential is is sky high, but are, are there certain things that you've seen that he's done that impress you in, in, in terms of just adding kind of versatility to his game? Yeah, in a micro sense, I just his, his ability to make plays off the dribble. Obviously, we know that Trey's an outstanding shooter. He shoots it from 30 with such ease. Uh, but there's the, his ability to pump fake and get into the lane and make those off-balance shots. We saw him hit a little floater last night driving baseline. So just him expanding his game offensively and doing more off the dribble. But just in a macro sense, I think just seeing Trey the past few years just – 
how much his game has grown in such a short time has been the story throughout his career, even coming into the NBA, a guy who, who went to college to, and played at Rice because basically nobody else wanted him, right? And a few years later, he transfers to Virginia, gets some more love there. All of a sudden, he's a first-round pick. And one of my favorite stories to tell about Trey is his uh, rookie year, they had the huge comeback at, at, against the Lakers at home. Some people may remember he had some big threes in the second half, and we were talking to him after the game, and Trey goes, hey, that was the biggest crowd I ever played in front of in my life. Mm. Uh, like, you know, yeah. I played in college at Rice, and when I was at Virginia, that was the COVID season, so we played in right. empty arenas the whole time. So this guy is still so early in his basketball journey, which is so impressive to me that he's as good as he is right now, and it feels like he's at step one of a step 20 a journey, right? And he's got so much room to grow, and he's still learning about himself as a basketball player. And the guy's a 50-40-90 guy basically already with all of this room to grow. So I think he's a really impressive piece for this team, and I'm really interested to see just where he goes as he continues to add to his game and just become more confident. You mentioned um, some of the teams that the Pelicans could potentially match up against during the playoffs. Um, You talk about the Timberwolves are top of the West right now. Um, I I was wondering, too, what are your thoughts about the Lakers and the Suns right now? Those are teams that are kind of at the bottom of the kind of the top 10 in in Golden State is lurking in 11th place. So, I mean, I think both of those teams are in a position where, you know, it's only December. Nobody's really freaking out about anything at this point. But um, how concerned do you think those two teams should be based on the way things have gone lately and what their records are at this point? Yeah, I think it's two uh, different cases. I think one, this might sound familiar to you, but for the Suns, the frustrating thing is that they just haven't been able to see all the pieces together, right? They've yeah. just dealt with injuries the whole year. I think they have, like, what, one game, two games with their big three, Bill, mm-hmm. KD, and Book have played together, and we're at Christmas now. So I think it's just really frustrating, I'm sure, for those guys that they had all of this promise with these two stars, these three stars, I should say, coming together, and they just haven't been on the floor. They haven't had time to build that chemistry, and we, and we know that the – the way that the, the CBA is set up right now, if you put three max guys on one team, it's on those three guys to produce because yep. it's difficult to build around them. Yeah. So the fact that they haven't had those three max guys together, it puts so much stress on other guys like Eric Gordon, Sierra Little, Grayson Allen to produce when these guys are basically supposed to be minimum contract guys. Mm-hmm. So you know who you're just hoping to have a good night every three or four games. And now they're being asked to produce every night. So I think that's the difficult thing, not just now, uh, but when you're asking KD and Book to do so much more to make up for the absence of Bradley Bill, how does that affect them once we get to April? And how much gas are they going to have left in the tank, particularly with a guy like Kevin Durant, who we've seen year after year miss 15 to 20 games at some point because of a random injury. Does that pop up at some point with him? Uh, And I think with the Lakers, uh, they're a very interesting team just because LeBron is LeBron. And I think we always kind of have the assumption that, well, once LeBron gets to the playoffs, he'll figure it out, right? Once he once he ha- has an ability to kind of go toe-to-toe with a certain team for five to six games, he'll figure them out. Uh, but I do think they've got a lot of questions with their role players that they put around them. And uh, I think, you know, Anthony Davis and his, you know, steady decline offensively has forced uh, the Lakers to kind of find offense elsewhere and I think that those answers that they found last year have been pretty inconsistent this year, whether it be D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura. And you know with LeBron, anytime he doesn't like the answers on his team, uh, he, he usually turns to where are the all-stars around the league that they're unhappy and where yeah. can I find them? Yeah. Uh, so I think that'll be the interesting question the closer we get to the trade deadline. How impatient is LeBron and how many missed calls is he leaving on Kyrie Irving's voicemail? Uh, and I think that kind of leads into the what I, <laughs> Jim and I were calling on Wednesday to redemption tour because that's one of the teams that's coming in. And Will, let's be honest, right? I mean, it's just like anything else. And, and what I love about the NBA and the history of the NBA, when you want to be a champ, you have to overcome that team, right? We've talked about this in the past on our show. Celtics had overcome the Celtics. Bulls had overcome the Pistons, things of that nature, to a much smaller scale. Uh, until the Pels beat the Lakers right now. I mean, I just, that's a matchup right now. They kind of own you, you know? I mean, it just, they, they, they don't match up well in it. You got to go ahead and beat them. T-Wolves are an interesting matchup here as well, but everything else in the standings, Jim and I have talked about it. You can go on to a court and compete. So I, I think you can be, 
to me, the next couple of weeks and months going into it, are, are you a real contender? A and I was going back and forth with the graph before the game yesterday um, about this homestand. I know it's December, but four of those games that you're going to be playing or teams have beaten you in games that you probably should have won, right? That Houston game, it's still a bad taste in your mouth. Last Tuesday, the Memphis Grizzlies, that game's going to be bad taste in your mouth. For some reason, Utah has your number. Then you get to the Lakers with that. So those first four games in this road, in this homestand are, are kind of, all right, show me, are, are do you, you know, are, are you a team that is good? Or do you want to be a contender? And to me, being a contender is one of those teams that that can overcome some things, right? We're seeing the little steps this season. But do you agree, Will, that this is kind of an important homestand, even though it's in December? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I think anytime you can get a stretch of games at home, I think you got to be able to establish that home court advantage. And it's something else me and Gus always talk about, the importance of just banking winnable games when the West is so tough and there's so, such a little gap between basically the two-seed in the 10th seed in the West, whenever you play a team that's at the bottom of the standings, you got to bank those wins. You got to bank those home games uh, where you're able to not be so stressed when you get to March and April because that's the, the position the Pels have been in the past few years where they're scratching and clawing just to get the nine seed. You know, I think with the talent of this team, they should not be in a position where they're fighting just to make it into the play. And this is a team that should be fighting to establish themselves as a playoff team, potentially fighting for home court advantage in the first round. So I think uh, these are the games we're going to look at when we get to the end of the season and say, man, you lost to Utah three times before January. Uh, that'll be really tough if you got if you got to hold that. Or, man, you lost to Memphis two times when you had opportunity to beat them on your home court. Uh, that'll be tough to swallow if you if you have to hold that when you're in March and April. So yeah, these these games where you have long home stands where you're playing teams at the bottom of the Western Conference, you gotta get those wins uh, just because it's gonna be so difficult to kind of sort things out when we get to the end of the season. And bottom line, I just like this as we get close to wrapping up with Will Guillory at the Athletic. Uh, it's nice that it's another team and not the Pelicans that are looking at a must-win game on Saturday, as Anthony Davis said, going into OKC, that that this weekend's game at OKC is a must-win situation for the Lakers. I mean, and, <laughs> and by the, That makes me feel good, Will. I just really do. And by the way, maybe this is just the Lakers hater in me. Yeah. And you can call me a, a Lakers hater all you oh, want. Oh, Tim, I, I have I'll no say, idea you were a Lakers hater. This is and, news to me. And I will hold up the sign saying, yes, I am a Lakers hater. Yeah. But when you guys were talking about, um, you know, not wanting to face LeBron in the playoffs, and obviously the guy's amazing, one of the best players ever, and we saw what he did in the game in Las Vegas, but – it did, it did make me think, you know, they didn't even make the play-in two years ago in 2022. So I, I'm pretty sure that people around here would be ecstatic if that happened again. And that's kind of what I'm rooting for. And when I mentioned Golden State right behind them, um, it's a little tenuous right now. So I didn't I didn't know the quote about him saying it's oh, a yeah. win, but no, after, I guess yeah. he's even more more urgent about it than I am as far uh, as them. Uh, after getting in the, listen, after uh, the latest loss, Will, Anthony Davis called the next game against OKC this weekend a must win. Listen, AD is known to have some funny quotes after losses. Jim and I have experience with that. He, he That guy just says the stay stuff. So you never know where AD is going post-game after a loss. But I do think, uh, speaking to what you said about December and how the ebbs and the flows of the season, I think a few weeks ago, life was looking so great for the Lakers and the Pacers the two teams in the in the in-season tournament final, everybody's saying, you know, how how terrible that loss was, was for the Pelicans, and they were spiraling. The, the Lakers were the team on the rise. LeBron was, was putting that team on his back and showing them what it takes to win a championship, and now they've lost four in a row. They're two games behind the Pelicans in the standings after beating them in the in-season tournament. The Pacers are struggling to get wins. They're giving up 150 every night. So, yeah, I, I say this all the time to Pelicans fans. And I know they never listen to me, but I'll say it again. It's a long season. Take a deep breath. Every loss isn't the end of the world. Every win doesn't mean you're going to be NBA champions. It's an 82-game season for a reason. Relax. Watch the trends. But don't panic after every game. And don't, you know, start hanging up a banner after every win. Speaking of a banner, they did hang up a banner over there in L.A. So, I mean, <laughs> but that's the thing. That's the thing, Will, and that's why we love it. That's why we're going to continue to chat with you, not only this podcast, but the talk show as well, man, because that is why I keep telling Pels fans, be excited, because being a, a winner is consistently 
overcoming, getting over a tough loss like they did on Tuesday and showing up and taking care of business. They they played really good basketball against Cleveland. Yep. I know they didn't have Mitchell. I know they didn't have – well, you know what? The Pels don't have a lot of players. They didn't have Zion and things of that nature. But that they treated Thursday like a business trip, and that's a sign that this team's starting to grow. Now, here's another chance to show me some signs, fellas. This, this homestand – I mean, I need three, four wins. You know, I mean, I just take care of that because like I told Jim on Wednesday and on Monday, Will, the further I can get to for away from what you just said, that nine or 10 spot, I don't want to be worried about that. You know, I, yeah. you get that cushion. I mean, going into this week's games, you had a four game cushion from 10. That's what I'm talking about. We'll, we'll That's figure out three, four, five, six, and seven, but I, I don't even want to see 10. I don't want to think about it anymore. I was using the two Nate, the two lane analogy with Willie Fritz where, when he first got here, you just wanted six wins, right? That was the Pels. Can you just get into the play-in? Then it was, can, can you just get past that? And then this past two years at Tulane, they get to win six. You don't even think about it. It's October. You know, and no one even thinks you're bowl eligible anymore. I think that's where we want the Pels to be. I think that's where they need to be. March, April come, it's about can they host the first-round series, not, wow, you need to win, you know, six of the next 12 in order to get into the play-in. That's why I think this month, January's key get some cushion is what I'm getting at from 10 that makes sense no I, I completely agree that's the position you want to be in if you're the Pelicans building that cushion being in a position where you don't have to worry when you're you know in in, in April uh, about what the standards are looking like you, you're more worried about what the matchups are right you want to worry more about matchups and less about can you even get into the party so I think that's the, the good thing for this team is they look like they got the invitation to the party it's just a matter of where they're standing and, and, you know, who's buying drinks. So so we'll figure that out once we get there. Uh, but I, I'll tell you this much. I know Jim's looking forward to what I can't wait for, a, a real test for this team. New Year's Eve, Lakers coming to town. How do you respond after that loss in the season tournament? I think that'll be a really important, not important, but a really good barometer to see where this team is at mentally. No, it is 100%. And that's the next podcast with Will Guillory. Jim, Definitely, uh, got to have him the back. party. No, I mean, who's who's going to the party? What are we bringing? What's in this party? And what music as well? Attire? Are we doing a red rope? You know, are we doing a a rope sort of a thing? What kind of party would Will Guillory have? And are we invited? That's what I need to know. That's it. Oh, one thousand percent. As long <laughs> as Jim wears his Laker hater shirt, you guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's I can good. guarantee you I will bring that to the to the show. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Hey, man, appreciate the time that you gave us here on this Friday. Let's enjoy the next five games here at home, and you get to be at home here as well. And uh, let's see what Great takes time. place over the next couple of days. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys for having me on. No, thank you so much, Thanks, Mr. Will. Will Guillory. Be sure to give a follow over on extra Twitter, whatever makes you feel comfortable, at Will Guillory, and, of course, all his excellent coverage on The Athletic. All right, as always, thanks to Will for doing it. We didn't even get to his shoe collection. You, you know, him and Andrew Lopez left the battle on shoes. Mm. You know that, right? We have some. We have so much to talk about today. There was a lot of things that we didn't get to. We'll have to save that for the next time. Yeah, I don't Will know on. if Nola Digital would like that uh, to keep going into 60, 70 minutes. We got the, the holiday <laughs> weekend coming in, but I have like four pairs of shoes. I don't even have any of that. Now, my kid and my wife, closet full of shoes. You know, so eventually I need to up my shoe game. Yeah, me That's too. That's for sure. Um, but I'll say this, especially because it makes me taller, Jim. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're, you're in the same boat as yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, but this is a pretty big homestand coming up here as well. And in particular, then, by the time we, we come back and, and record, two games would have played out. Houston and Memphis, Saturday and Tuesday. How do you look at these two games and what is key, maybe based off of the last two meetings in which there were losses for the Pelicans? Yeah, I think the Houston game to me is still up there at the top of the list in terms of most frustrating losses that they've had this season. Houston's kind of cooled off a little bit lately. They've lost their last three games. They're down to eighth in the Western conference standings. Um, it's, it, it's important for the Pelicans, I think to answer to the game that they played against them earlier in the season. I know Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks were, did a lot of damage in that first uh, meeting back in beginning of November. So um, important game. I think that the, you know, you gotta, you've gotta be more composed. Hopefully, the game doesn't come down to the end where you're up in the fourth quarter. That was actually another thing I was going to get into with Guillory that we didn't really have time for, but um, important I think for the Pelicans to start the homestand strong, and as we talked about earlier, just another team that you already lost to earlier this season. 
Yeah, no doubt. And I think one of the things to me that's why this homestand is so important, Jim, because uh, we've mentioned it on Wednesday. We talked about it with Will Lair as he was just listening for those five teams. You didn't win. I mean, it's, 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 it, I'm trying to think of a homestand where that was the case, right? Where it's just kind of the second go around mm-hmm. with meeting these teams. But literally, the first four games are against teams you've lost right. to the season. You've mm-hmm. only lost 12 games this year. So I'm terrible at fractions in math. <laughs> I, I want to say a third of that. But my point yeah. is, th- th- those are literally teams that you have lost to. Mm-hmm. And, I would, and I would say all of those losses were bad, right? Where you felt bad afterwards, whether it was a bad loss because you didn't play well, Mm -hmm. you didn't Mm -hmm. close out, or you should have done something, or there was an embarrassment. But all four of those first four games, you can specifically look at and be like, oh, you know? And Mm -hmm. you were hoping that it didn't hurt you later on this season. So I I don't think motivating factors are going to be an issue here, not bringing the energy or focus. So that's why I'm very interested, but I also think it's going to, maybe make for a very lively blender. Don't you think? Yeah, Fans know this. I think so. Fans know this. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny going back to even maybe August and September, I remember being told that these games were selling really well. So I do think we're going to see a packed Smoothie King Center. Every team in the NBA wants as many home games as they can have between, yeah. say, December 22nd, 23rd, and the beginning of January because kids are off from school. Everybody, A lot of people are visiting you know, home for holidays. So that part is very favorable as well, the fact that they have a five-game homestand at this portion of the season. Um, this is a, a kind of a random thought, but um, I think the in-season tournament has been part of this, but the fact that you, you, know, you mentioned you're playing against these teams that you've already played and that you've already lost to, it does seem like there's been more of kind of a cluster to this schedule this year where you're playing the same teams a bunch of times. There's a bunch of teams that they haven't played at all, and then there's teams like Sacramento that they've played three times, um, Minnesota that they've played three times. So that's just kind of an interesting part of this. But you're right. Um, a lot of teams before games, and if you go through any NBA locker room, they have the film up from the previous time that they played that specific opponent or a previous game that that opposing team played. So if I'm in the Pelicans locker room before the game Saturday, I put up the last few minutes of that Houston game from, I think it was November 10th. And like you said, there should not be any issue at all with motivation going into any of these five games, or four, first four games at least. Yeah, no doubt. Anything else you want to wrap up on a pretty fun week? Yeah, no. I I mean, also looking forward to the Grizzlies game. You know, you mentioned how that game is going to be Tuesday before we get to record again. So we'll have a probably a very interesting podcast one way or the other the next time that we are here on uh, next Wednesday. But, I mean, I'm... I'm looking forward to that game. I feel like that game is almost going to catch people a little bit by surprise. Like, oh, wait, the Grizzlies are here again. But I think that's going to be – that should be really intense. And I feel like, again, the Pelicans are going to say we we have one coming for the Grizzlies. We need to respond and answer back to the way that the game last Tuesday went. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I'm looking forward to it here as well. As you mentioned, Festivus for the best of us. It's great. I want to ask you the most important question of all this, and I promise we'll wrap up. What do you want – what would you like to find in your stocking or, you know, during this holiday season, what would you put in someone's stocking? <laughs> wow. That's a tough one. Yep. I was going to say. Unprepared. That's how it works. I, <laughs> That's how I do a talk show, man. <laughs> I Can I say I want five wins in my stocking? Yeah, whatever you want. That's, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. I feel Believe like... me, you should see my kids list for Santa. It's, <laughs> it's a scroll. I want five victories on this homestand, and the main reason I want them beyond the obvious All is five. that. All five. Don't get greedy, but that's fine. Yes. No, I love it. Is um, because we need to shift the conversation away from the TNT games, and we need to move forward. And as <laughs> as Will talked to us, it's an 82-game season, yeah. so it would, feel, uh, it would feel great for New Orleans to be able to. Uh, you know what? I don't want to be greedy. I'd be happy with four. No, be greedy. Absolutely okay. be greedy. But I would be Let's happy. Let's get five. How about then? the first four? No, it's great. And, and, yeah. what, and, um, and what would you like to give to somebody in, in stocking? Man. See, I asked this earlier in the week on the show, and pretty much everyone was like, you know, gave really heartfelt answers about, you know, peace and happiness and, and things <laughs> of that nature. And then, How about since I'm a writer? John Forcade said, you know what? I want the lottery ticket in my, in my stock. How about since I'm a writer, yeah. like the most beautiful, well-crafted prose that I've ever produced in my life, wishing someone you know a great holiday oh, season and the best wow. 2024 that they possibly I can have. I thought for sure you are going to ask for a brand new spanking laptop. 
You know, that's right. <laughs> since you're a writer and going yeah, on that. Yeah. I might have asked Santa for a new MacBook Pro. You know what I'm yeah, saying? There you go. <laughs> Not there getting you go. it. But anyway, uh, no, look, it's that time of the year, and, and I bring that up um, kind of jokingly, but in also a way, it is a special time of year. Think of your family. Think of all that stuff here as well. Love friendships like yours, man, and, and doing what you, too, you get yes. to do. And more importantly, just remember, sports is sports. Family is family. Life is life. It's not promised. And uh, appreciate every day, man. You know, and that's what it is. About nope. as deep as I'll get, but that's my point. It's it's this time of the year is special for a reason. Yeah. Because we're supposed to look at it like that. No doubt. No doubt. And I mean, for people, I know I'm obviously I'm not the only person in this boat for people who've lost family the last few years. It also kind of reminds you, I, I agree 100% with how much you have to treasure your family and, and remember that that part is more important. The Pelicans are important and not losing 20 point leads in the second half is important That's as well, but important. we also have to keep that in perspective in terms of what, what really matters and what really is the significant part of life. And I probably, maybe I shouldn't say this on a basketball podcast, but basketball probably isn't the most important thing in life at this point. No, but at the end of the day, that, that is what it is. It is sports. It is something like that. And people like you, family, that is what truly is important. I appreciate you, man. You too, guys. Yeah, for sure. On that note, appreciate you guys tuning us in here as well. Don't forget next week, we'll come back with you on Wednesday, hopefully talking about two wins for sure. And in previewing that New Year's Eve matchup against the Lakers, but they're all big at this point of the season because every game matters. So until then, don't forget, tell everybody about us. Be sure to follow the show. The cool thing about it is when you do that, when a new podcast pops open, boom, it pops up on your phone. It hits your email. It hits all that stuff so you'll know that you can hear the latest from Jim Eichenhofer and me. Anyway, appreciate it. Happy holidays to you. We'll see you again next week as you've been listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Adios. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.